Guys, do you feel that? Do you feel that in the air? Is it... Colors are brighter. Tastes are tastier. Smells are smellier. It's, this... it's the love month. We're in February. <laughs> okay, I like this custom intro. Yeah, this is... Uh, hey, everyone, this is Bookends with Friends. We're a weekly book club podcast where we go over one book a month and make friends along the way. I'm your co-host, Parker Moon. I am good at throwing frisbee discs. This Brett Irvin. I want. I can I take that back. <laughs> take take it again. Irvin. Take another. I. Oh, this is your co-host, Brett Irvin. I like that one. I'm a flat earther. This is your co-host, damn Daniel it, Phillips. Damn, that's so much. Yeah, better. second right. Brett. That's so much Wait. better. Wait, what? Why Why were y'all's about Flat Earth and... Oh, 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 okay. Hang on. Hold he on. Gets I got it. it. Me and I get where y'all are going. It. He gets it. Oh, you guys are too clever for me. I gotta calm down. <laughs> What's up, buddy? What's up, Brett? How oh, wow. So I'm just Brett. He gets buddy. I'm... Bu- I don't know. I feel like buddy kind of has a negative connotation. I actually just said hey to Brett twice. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> You're buddy and Brett. Yeah. Um, not much. I'm excited to record. We're, we're recording, uh, two, I mean, this is, we're in February. Uh, we're like the, the beauty of podcasting is we kind of time travel, right? Cause yeah, what we're sure. saying right now is for the ears of listeners that are, that are in the month of February. What's going to be, what's the best part of February so far in your experience? Since we're, we're the, releasing this in February, what's, what's the best part so far? The really nice, not depressing weather. It's warm. It's so warm. It's crazy. Was, doesn't that mean a bad thing like global warming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it be uh, cold? Yeah, never mind. It's cold, but like, but like sunny and delightful. Okay, yeah, like a, a nice like a sunny chilly, chill. Yeah, a like nice sunny wear, chill, but not like not jacket. rainy weather. Yeah, yeah not mm-hmm. not this like crappy overcast that that we had last month in January. If you can yeah. remember all the way back. Wow, that stupid month. That stupid month, except for that cool day that definitely has already happened, which was my birthday, which was a great day if y'all remember. <laughs> uh, wow, so well, much fun! I don't know remember I, if there was. I feel like the end of January. So much fun my birthday was back in January. <laughs> the God, big shot to let's, call. Let's let's do some short stories. I want to hear that about both of your lives. My um, oh. oh oh, I'm the buddy, so I get to go first. That's true. Um, you go first, pal. Oh wow! I'm just getting all these. I'm getting all these nicknames today. Go ahead, um, Buckaroo. I go on, Scamp. So, do you guys ever? Do you you both have AirPods, right? I do. Yeah. So, have you ever been? So, when I'm, I, I get, I guess you guys don't work in the office as much as me. Um, but I'm in the office three days a week, mm-hmm. and I listen to my AirPods a lot. And so, like the whole time, like the full eight hour day, are they in your Pretty ear? much, yeah. Okay. Um, so they're not, I'm not always listening to something, but I just like have them in most of the time. I usually do one ear at a time and I rotate, but. <laughs> God, keep, okay. That keeps the battery life longer. It I does. get it. I get it. It does. So the other day, one of the one that I was wearing had died and I was like somewhere <laughs> else having a conversation with somebody and it died and I noticed it, but then I totally forgot about it. And so I went back to my desk and I was listening to my brother, my brother and me. Oh, on I, full blast. Please tell me on full blast. Full blast. So I had forgotten 
that my AirPod had died. So I went and sat back down at my desk <laughs> and um, I hit, I pulled out my phone and I was like, oh, I was listening to this and I hit play. And when your AirPod dies, <laughs> sound doesn't come out of your AirPod. It instead goes out of your phone it's as worse. normal. Uh-huh. Um, and what were those what were those brothers, those those silly, goofy brothers talking about? So if you heard the whole sentence that was said before it could hit the pause button, it would sound totally fine because um, our oldest brother, Justin, said he was talking about the streaming service Peacock. And he said, I he said something along the lines of I'm going to be watching Peacock, but I'm afraid his voice escalated throughout the sentence. So I'm afraid that most people only heard peacock or cock <laughs> is yeah, what i'm afraid I, of i imagine cock was said very loudly so in your office it, it escalated into that and i did that like oh and i like hit the pause button and then i was like <laughs> did me also being like oh whoa that's weird make it sound even worse because they're like yeah, he like probably. frantically tried to pause it because <laughs> justin said cock and you said oh and then your office looked at you but, but i said, just oh oopsies, oopsies. <laughs> so i but i said it out of like true tr- like terror because it's yeah. like a nightmare of mine that that happened it's happened before with like music or whatever but it's never really been a big thing but i was just like my God, why Why could he... Ju- like, I guess it's better than them saying an actual, like, cuss word or something that like that. They would normally say. Not a cuss word in the office? Well, I mean, my office, huh. but... Not Brett's office. Uh, But, yeah, so... It was, it was a moment that I had, and I was very um, traumatized by it. And, yeah, so I still haven't recovered, and... <laughs> Um, oh, that's pretty. That's pretty harmless, pal. I you could have been listening to like some really dirty, steamy romance novel. You could have been uh, listening to like true crime murder, and they would have been like, and he stabbed her in the butt eighty seven times, and true. like that. You could know, have been. like all the true crime murder podcasts, yeah. all the true <laughs> crime murders with the butt stabbings. I, you know, there's, I, it's it just in my mind, like that's a, that's a, yeah. you got away scot free, is what I'm saying. I had, a, yeah. I had another story that I told Dan this morning. Real quick, uh, at our climbing <laughs> this gym. This is a good one. At our climbing gym, uh, I went the, the other day by myself in the morning, and or maybe it was at night. I forget when it was. I went by myself for a quick, quick climb, and I walked in, and the girl behind the desk uh, <laughs> looked at me as I was signing in, and was like, "Hey, what music should we play?" And I looked up, and she was like, "Yeah, these guys. I'm playing two early 2000s pop music and they don't like it. So what do you think I should play? And I was like, I paused for a second. I was like, uh, uh, and I said, and Jacob Robinson will be proud of me. I said, why don't you play some pop punk? That's kind of, that would be a go-to for me while I'm climbing. And she's like, oh, that's so great. That's so fun. And I was like, yeah. And I, I walked away and I even took my AirPods out cause I had them in and I was like, I'll support the playing of it. Cause there's like five <laughs> people there. <laughs> Yeah, if you're if you're gonna tell them to play some uh, some forty one, you gotta support. Hey, it. hey, Parker. She never stopped playing the pop music. She never played <laughs> pop punk at all. Aww. So she immediately, oh, buddy. She didn't play Brent pop punk. The whole... and they were like, "This is an idiot." Wants yeah, th- she's like, punk. "Oh yeah, yeah, I'll definitely play that." Definitely didn't play they're, it. At they're all. missing out. If that, I mean, I feel like pop punk is a. a 
a thing that can now be appreciated by every by everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I just I kept waiting for the music to change, and it it just never. It just changed. Changed. <laughs> Parker so would have said, "You should play my favorite true crime podcast, Stabbing McButtertons." That's true. <laughs> yeah, that would have oh, been wow, a better option for the gym to hear. Yeah, um, but yeah. So that's. I mean, what you should I, honestly, you should have hit her with something wild like that. Like episode two of Serial, the soundtrack podcast, <laughs> soundtrack to Fantasia on on one point two five speed, and say that with like no, like just like deadpan. Now I'm worried. Like I, I'm gonna have to have an answer prepared if I ever go to the gym. You do, and so on the drive back this morning, I was like, what would I, what would I say if I was asked that? And kind of like Parker was saying, like I think I would just go off the wall and I would go with like Phil Collins's Tarzan soundtrack. Cause like, oh, that be, yeah, that's a good that one. Good. Who doesn't love that? That's a good answer. That would be good. Yeah. 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 Don't be like me. Have an answer ready. You should have <laughs> said like, uh, like, like whale noises, sl- like s- sound sleeper, whale noises, white noise yeah. remix 2.0. <laughs> it's my special playlist. Or one of those, didn't like Harry Styles and all them do something for that one sleep app where they like read stories to you? Yeah, like I know. ASMR I know. Harry did. Time stories. Yeah. That's great. That's good stuff. What do you guys? That's up good to? stuff. Um, I have. I've got. I've got two things to to talk about to choose from. So I will. I maybe I'll save one. I'll save one. Um, but I want. I want y'all to choose. Uh, should I do? Um, all right. I, I have them. I have them in my mind. A or B. B. Uh, okay. B. Are y'all on to that Last of Us shit yet? Yeah, of course. No. Oh, it's good. It's good. Uh, it's so good. Uh, Dan, you know, Dan, you know what this is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, for, for for the listeners who might I just not haven't watched it, um, the Last of Us was I want to say like 2012 or 2013 of a, a video game. Yeah, it was a while ago. Um, kind of in the like uh like already overinflated time of zombie stuff coming out. Um, and so I passed on it. Like, I know it was like a big phenomenon at the time. I was like, not, not interested, but my roommate, uh, played the game and did we, have we talked about this before on podcast? I feel like we have, not on, I don't know about on podcast, but we've Ma- maybe about we haven't on podcast. Maybe we, we, maybe we have in real life, but, um, it just got renewed for season two, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that doesn't surprise me because it, it's, it's really good. It's a very like true adaptation, but I, I didn't play it. So I don't know all of the stuff, but my, uh, my roommate got the game. Uh, my old college roommate didn't, he didn't have a PlayStation of his own. So he just played it on my PlayStation, um, for a full like $60 game that he purchased. And then just like, I would randomly like come home and he would just be like playing it on the couch and be like, what's up, man? what's up, Grant? And he'd be going through it. So I got like snippets of the story, um, which is really fun now that I can have that filled in and know actually yeah. how this game plays out. Um, but it is, it's very good. It's its really dark and sad. So I'd say like some trigger warnings, especially um, if you don't want to watch like uh, kid death. There, there's, a, there's a pretty sad kid death scene in episode one that I'd say that's like really, really tough to watch. Um, but so that, that's just content warning, but otherwise the show is, is really good. Um, uh, Pedro Pascal is like the internet's daddy right now. He's just popping off. He's he's blowing up. 
the Mandalorian with with that with everything else, like he can he can do no wrong. Um, and I I just feel like he's like really hitting his stride. Uh, but he's great. The the uh, young actress who plays Ellie is is fantastic. I think she's doing a great job. Um, one of like I'm I'm so impressed these days by like kid actors that just like they're so much better. Really, yeah. they're now. so good. Like uh, I, I mean, it, it's like on the same thing. The same way I thought about like Stranger Things, where I'm like she kind of outacts most of the adult yeah. actors. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just I've I've really been enjoying nice. it in a way that I haven't been sucked into a TV show in a while. Um, and and so so check that out if you're interested. It's it's HBO Max um listeners and and you guys um brett it sounds like you're already watching but uh yeah it's it's good it's good cool i um kind of struggle with playing really heavy like story games um but brett and i have talked about this multiple times like i've never played last of us or god of war but i have watched entire gameplay videos compilations of of the compilations of all the cutscenes for both of the last of us games and um it's true to, to to not spoil anything for the show because i assume they're going there i'm really curious to see how they do the last of us too because it got some pretty like uh polarizing feedback on that game and the story they took with it yeah i'm fascinated too i I know like a little bit about that drama um again just from like kind of like osmosis uh, osmosis yeah. from other people talking about it around me at the time um but I, I wonder more so if season one will be all of game one and then if season two I think will that's all be what all Brett of said. game like two. He, is, that, is, that, is that what you no, have seen? I think they're going to split game one into two seasons. Into two seasons. Yeah, okay. That's kind of right. that, That's what I would guess. That's just probably, I feel like that's a lot do. to cover in... Um, I don't know, man. Some some of these it's story video game, games now that they make, they make them like Long. forty to like eighty Long. hours. Yeah. Like, that's that's too much time to commit to playing something. Like I, I I don't know. I feel like this is a, a good media uh, or medium for uh, people yeah. to be able to consume it in a more bite sized way. Yeah, right. Um, it gives them more but, time to to figure out what they're gonna do with the, and they may already have it figured out. But I feel like they usually would do something like that where they split it up. Into, to make sure yeah. they hit every like fan service all thing the story until, beats like, a, and, yeah yeah so um i'm also consuming some content um do you guys know who benjamin me is have you heard of benjamin me before benjamin me i don't benjamin think me. so so benjamin me <laughs> ben, benjamin me so benjamin, benjamin me. me is um the proud owner of a zoo we bought a zoo <laughs> he's the main character and we bought a zoo oh my oh, god no I, wait is this real <laughs> did you watch we bought a zoo which i watched this week <laughs> okay damn okay let's backtrack and explain if, if listeners missed uh two episodes ago uh, we two did episodes the- ago, we did we bought a bookstore where we talked about our ideal bookstore, and none of us had ever seen we bought a zoo. So I went and watched it because it's on Hulu, a uh, lot longer than I would have expected. <laughs> um, it took me a, f- a couple sessions to get through it. I'll say that um, worth it. Uh, it comes. So let me let me walk you through it. Um, no spoilers, obviously, because we're all gonna have to watch this movie eventually. I read I read the Wikipedia on it. 
Okay, good. Originally. So, oh, um, Lord. first off, it's based on a true story. It's a memoir. What? It's based on a book, and the book is a memoir. What? Wait, we should have read the book. <laughs> Why did we reference a, a movie that we haven't seen that we also didn't know was a book on our Wait, book club podcast? For the bit. Wait, don't worry. Because I got the book from the library this week. Did you? Oh my God. Honest to God, you are lying to me, Daniel. <laughs> I am actually lying about that. I did get the book from Libby, but it's a 500-page book, and I read about 40 pages and said, I can't commit you to can't this book. can't do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a but big someone memoir. did and liked it enough to make it an entire movie. But it's basically, it's it's a memoir about Benjamin's, Mia's, Benjamin Mee's life. He's kind of a, like, uh, interesting story. He's a big journalist, did a bunch of, like, huge adventure things his his wife passed away he was an only uh, a solo dad to two kids he meets his his you know new new wife which is scarlett johansson's character his new love um how, and then how much money did he make as a, how did he how did he buy a zoo how much was that zoo that's so my biggest question. i didn't get to the book but in the movie he buys a piece of property and the real estate agent He's like, this is this is the perfect home for me and my family. And the real estate agent is like, well, hold on one second, Mr. Me. It's a zoo. And he's like, what? And then there's like a lion in the backyard. I don't know if that's how it actually I don't, happened. I, don't, I feel like there's some legal, legal issues. Probably. Yeah, that seems like some Hollywood mumbo jumbo right there. The Hollywood mumbo jumbo. Um, but yeah, Benjamin on the show. I, I'll be honest, I didn't pay a ton of attention it was kind of just on on my phone while i was working i didn't give benjamin me my full attention but i did technically watch that's your mistake thank you brett <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's your mistake dan Very and good. you have to live with that i know well i know more about it than you two um <laughs> that's true i also i've honestly forgot who the actors are matt damon was that it matt damon yeah okay matt damon forget? is very matt damon in this movie um one of the very first scenes he drops his kids off at school and like his his and wife he beats is, up a bunch of assassins and he's <laughs> actually born his um his wife Jesus is already Christ. has already passed and like one of the other like moms to one of the the students at the school like comes up to him with a lasagna and she's like oh i'm so sorry like like all the moms like fawn over him they like matt damon's a hottie they like love benjamin me and so she's like here's the lasagna i figure you didn't have to worry about it so it's a lasagna for three and then she gets like directly in front of him and whispers or four and he's like no thank you dang <laughs> Do, wait does benjamin me have two kids yes okay <laughs> when you said that for three i was like oh so that was the pickup line and then you said or four and i that yeah. you threw or, me through a loop there or, <laughs> oh man um but yeah it's a movie it exists. Everybody check it hey, out. Hey, guys, we've talked about uh, We Bought a Zoo out. way more than I ever thought we would in 2023. <laughs> we're almost we're almost 100 episodes into this podcast, and we're 20 minutes episode or 20 minutes into this one in particular. Oh, shoot, we got to get and, and we've talked way more about We Bought a Zoo than I, I really thought we would have. I, at this point, ever. I thought we'd be really good at podcasting. <laughs> and I think I don't know if we I don't know if we are yet. That's uh, fine. Let's do quote of the week and then actually discuss something. Let's do that. Let's do that. I think Brett's, Brett's got it for us. The quote oh, BK? of the week is brought to us by Pierce Brown in his uh, the third book of the Red Rising trilogy, Morningstar. And it is, 
Justice isn't about fixing the past. It's about fixing the future. We're not fighting for the dead. We're fighting for the living and for those who aren't yet born. Mm, that's beautiful. That's Apply that to your lives this week. Apply that to your lives. Go dismantle late stage capitalism. Yeah. Uh, go, go Stick refuse, it to uh, the, the, you know, to be a, a slave to the 1%, start a revolution mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, and really, uh, change America. We'll also get Perfect. some, like some surgeries to like increase your size and like leg length and yeah. Make yeah. yourself into a super soldier first. That yeah, is super yeah, yeah, yeah. important. That's key. You got to infiltrate the 1% and then you can overthrow it. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So discussion this episode, I'm really excited about because um, we're talking about Discworld. Uh, I'm taking the reins. I'm taking Binky's reins, which Binky is death's horse. Okay. You guys didn't remember that. Um, I'm taking Binky's reins. And I have full control over this episode. Interject where you want. Take me off the rails if you need to, but I just want to talk about some Discworld. We're talking about Discworld. You're you're gonna you're gonna teach us. This is an educational episode, Terry Pratchett style, right? It is an educational episode. That's Sir uh, to you, D- Dan's edition. Sir Terry Sir, Pratchett. T- Sir, I'm so sorry, Sir Terry Pratchett. Sir Terry Pratchett. Yes. So let's let's just jump into it. Interrupt where you want, but um, the reason I wanted to do this episode is I mentioned Discworld all the time, and if you listen to us and you don't know what that is you're probably sick of hearing about it and so that's not true i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you about it tell us okay so first off i i just want to talk about like terry pratchett and like how he got started so full name full god-given title terrence pratchett terrence Terrence pratchett yeah sir terrence david john pratchett many got eight names Many names what? on this lad. Why does he have so many names? Yep. So he was a British uh, were a humorist bit writer. Yeah. A little wishy-washy over there, you know, across the pond. Oh, um, do the whole thing in a British accent. Oh, you should. No, I will not. So he's born in 1948. Um, he didn't write his first novel until 1971, which like it's he's a young boy writing some novels. Yeah, he's putting out some novels, but until then he was like. Uh, satire writer and a humorist and journalist and all the things that lead to a lot of authors today mm. um the first Discworld novel he wrote in 1983 so um and, and that was color of magic um i thought this was really cool but the publisher who first picked up the hardcover hardcover editions of Discworld was victor uh Golanks, which I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's a big publisher in the UK. Um, I actually own some books of them. They do the Way of Kings UK editions, oh, like okay. the new ones that that's published by them. But Terry Pratchett was the first fantasy author that they ever published, which is just like a super cool fun fact. Discworld is the first fantasy book published by this like huge group. That was a good called shot on their part, yeah, huh? Good, good yeah, job. yeah, they got it. Well done. Um, so he, he started writing Discworld novels in 1983 and basically like he pumped these things out because he basically wrote, there, there are 41 total Discworld novels and they were written from 1983 to 2015. So over one a year, almost like one and a half a year, really pumping out these On top of other books. 
on top of like, yeah, a ton of other stuff. Um, so to, to bring us down a little bit. So he, he did develop, um, Alzheimer's, um, and or Alzheimer's in 2007. So this kind of affected his writing with everything. They got a little bit slower paced, but after this, he put a ton of like time and research into Alzheimer's like research for cures and like awareness of what the disease is and like a push for, um, like medical research in this field. Um, and he actually donated a million dollars to research in 2008, just like straight up one sign the check, one check, a million dollar donation to Alzheimer research, which is just wild. Yeah. Did, Um, did, uh, did he have any children or um, any kind of co-authors for some of the last few, like up until so, 2015? Not, I don't think there are any co-authors. Um, but there were collaborations, obviously, with like Neil Gaiman, um, yeah. and Good Omens. They collaborated together, but that was that was way before Alzheimer's. I it really kind of seems like he still just fully did his books. Um, I, I have on a his question. Own accord, yeah. And yes, oh, he does. He does have a, a. I know he has a daughter at least. Okay, so he is survived by a family, which is which is yes. very cool. Um, yeah. Question on that same, on kind of on the same uh, uh, line of thought. I I always wondered was did he end with his forty six novels? Uh, was that right? Forty six or forty two? Forty one. Forty one. Forty one. Well, I was off in <laughs> all accounts. Um, did did he know like that was going to be his last one or did he pass away in like while he was still writing more? Has so, that been talked um, about? The, the publisher announcement after his death, because his death was sudden. It was not a, you know, it's um, it, it kind of happened just because of Alzheimer's complications. Uh, the announcement made after was that no more books will be published from Discworld, uh, including current written stories that he had like planned and so uh it it was not done and he was still just pumping out these books and these ideas the last book um he had finished and finalized and edited but he died before it was published wow um that's heart that's heartbreaking yeah so yes um the last book uh the shepherd's crown is the 41st discworld novel um, it's kind of like a cult, uh, like a cult ritual. I don't, I don't, that sounds harsh, harsher than I mean it to be, but it's kind of a thing where people, um, own the book and they purchase the book, but they never read the book to always have like one more oh, Discworld novel oh, to read. Oh, that's so cool. That is, and that's, wow. that's kind of like a little thing that, um, I know some people do with this series. So that that's came incredible. out after his death and then that was it. Um, people that have read the book say, it's just like perfect Discworld. Like it's light. Yeah. It's really charming. It's heartfelt. And if you do want to finish the series, it does end on like a really good note. Mm, that's good. Um, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm really glad cool. to hear that. Uh, can I? Can I interject with something that's yes. kind of uh, weirdly timed? Because you had you had put this on the the show notes to do this, and um, I haven't I haven't really gotten much into Terry Pratchett's works outside of Good Omens and more. That's that's really all I've mm-hmm. ever been. Um, introduce or like all, all that i've ever dug in of his stuff um so i don't know why but the algorithm blessed me the other day with a terry pratchett uh interview 
Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know how close this was to his death, but and I'm I'm, I'm surely going to butcher this. So go look it up later if you haven't seen it. But in the interview, he was asked, "Are you afraid of death?" And I think I she, saw this she too. A- yeah, she she asked him. Uh, I think it was like BBC something. It's it's similar similar style to like a sixty minutes interview. Yeah. Um. And and she said like you 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 write about death like personified in this like very like charming un like something not to be afraid of and his answer i thought was it was really profound and sad and sweet um but he answered along the lines of like you know i i'm really not no one should be afraid of like that next adventure he said we should be afraid of of kind of what, what's going on around us right now um and i thought like that it, it was just it's kind of cool to contextualize his works where at least with like the the more you know book that yeah. i've read um and and kind of his his tone of like of hope and and just like kind of the the joy of fantasy to yeah. um you, you know think of think of death as the next great adventure and then also to kind of like try to encourage people that there's still work to be done here yeah. so let's not focus so much on the next life let's yeah. focus on trying to make this world better um which was it was it was really nice and made me very sad and uh, <laughs> I, I feel like if I had read more of his stuff um that would have hit uh, a lot harder. Even. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what I imagine that interview is he did a documentary with BBC on writing with Alzheimer's that I, I would oh, love wow. to watch. I have not seen it, mm. but it came it, out. It might've come from that. Honestly, I, I would have to imagine it come from that because that's just sounds like a conversation that would come up and something like that. Um, but that was on BBC, you know, probably two or three years before he actually passed away. So super interesting. Um, and this is just like, uh, it's such a gut punch when I saw this, but it's really cool. Um, so Terry Pratchett's Discworld, um, th- there are a ton of collections of standalone books, but they're split into sub series. And mm-hmm. I- I've talked about this before. So like the first one that I've read was the death series, which is a series of five books scattered throughout the 41. So it's like, uh, Mort is like book four and then Reaper man's book 11. And it's just, it, it follows death. Like Parker said, death is a character um, of Discworld. He's the, the character that takes the, the souls from people who have passed away and he moves them on to the next life. And so when um, uh, Terry Pratchett's assistant made the announcement to the world that Terry Pratchett had passed away, he posted this on Twitter and a big thing, but death is he doesn't talk like his voice um, just mm-hmm. kind of like appears in your head. Yeah. And anytime he is, has dialogue in his books, there's no quotation marks. It's just like small caps lock. It's like really tiny text all in caps lock. And that's how, you know, death is talking. And so um, the tweet that his assistant posted after uh, Terry died was in small caps lock. Um, and it says, at last, Sir Terry, we must walk together. Terry took death's arms and followed him through the doors and onto the black desert under the endless night. The end. And I was oh like, man, that's, God. That, so... that's making me choked up right now. <laughs> yeah. Choked up while reading it. It's just really cool. And like death is a super great character in Discworld. And so it just makes it uh, all the better. Um, yeah, really, really cool. So moving on to actually like what Discworld is. Discworld is a <laughs> flat space of land, a disc, 
that is balanced on top of four giant elephants that is balanced on top of a great turtle that is flying through space as as is our own planet yeah cool normal so yeah. moving on so so All modeled planets. after earth yeah. yeah easy makes sense what's next <laughs> exactly um but the 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 elephants and the turtle don't really like play anything into it it's you could just think of it as earth and it would be fine but it's just a bunch of collections of novels set in this world and it has cross you know storied characters and all these wild wild plots um and it's just an absolute like amusement park of easter eggs and satire and pop culture references all over the place and so they're just very very light and they're very fun um and one quote from terry pratchett i I don't remember it exactly but uh someone asked him like like why don't you do more serious writing more uh you know like serious novels and his response was just because it's funny doesn't mean it's serious which i think is really cool and really valid because all of his books are comedic writing but you'll read something and you'll be like whoa like it's very profound very profound like i rarely cry in a book and i cried in a discworld novel like it it catches you off guard with the humor um, so that's kind of like Discworld as a whole, but I wanted to walk the two of you through the subseries of Discworld, if you would like to hear them. But before we do that, uh, since we were just talking about it, for, for the audience's sake, um, and then also for, for mine and Brett's sake too, but mm-hmm. can you give your best like description of like kind of what his prose is like, like how he writes? Because I think it is very unique. It's very special. It is very special. So he writes in a way where like, the narrator is like all knowing, but he also makes metaphors to things that aren't in Discworld. And so like, there'll be little footnotes at the bottom to like, take you away from the story. And it's like a footnote about something on earth. And it like, some people don't like that. Some people think it removes them, but it's, it's It's just like an omnipotent. Yeah. It's like so close to like breaking the fourth wall in every book that it's, it's just really cool. Like his, it's really clever. One thing I will say, the biggest complaint about Discworld, and you guys already know what I'm about to say, there are no chapters. It is yeah, yeah, yeah. One, <laughs> it is one string of text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that is a that's time. a tough one for me, honestly. That's a tough pill to swallow. Yes. He had to write uh, 41 I, books in 40 <laughs> years. So um, I actually busy. found some some things about this. He said he never got into the habit of chapters, and that was the only thing he said. <laughs> I didn't write chapters. I didn't like them. He never did it. Gotta respect um, it. There are a series of Discworld books that's more pandered to like a YA genre. And he said he had to put chapters in those because because the editors kept yelling at him to do it. <laughs> um, so for his YA books, there are chapters because they that's made great. him do it. Because there's no uh, reference no. point for them. <laughs> yeah. His prose is very light. It's very witty. Like... Um, it's very like Brit wit, like t- yeah, almost like it's tongue like Monty in cheek, Python, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, Monty Python-esque wits. Um, it snaps between like dialogue and like inner thoughts. Like Hitchhiker's Guide just, to the Galaxy. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything like that. Like you've, you've seen it before. It's just like that. Um, and to walk you guys through some, some subseries of Discworld, there, there are five, um, five main ones, I would say. So, the five subseries are the wizards, which is 
the city watch death and this one's really funny to me industrial revolution <laughs> oh, you, know. <laughs> you know classic five, classic mage and wizardy yeah yeah exactly that, it all fits yeah. in and so uh interrupt where you want to but i'm just gonna go through these and kind of give you um the the overarching plot of all of so these subseries. when you're saying subseries it sounds like those those are three other like chunks of books though those aren't just individual books so there's yes am i understanding so this like, right so when i say death as there's a sub series and then there's there, arcs within those series no it's kind of the same thing so like death as a series there's five books in the death series the the okay. city watch there's eight books that you can read them you know like one through eight and you get the whole city watch story uh, mm-hmm. st- but mainly what i mean by that um so wizards uh you follow Rincewind who is a wizard who's known for being the worst wizard on Discworld. He's awful. He can't do anything right. <laughs> um, and then there's Two Flower, which Two Flower is a tourist to the main city of Discworld called Ankh-Morpork. Um, Two Flower in the BBC version of Color of Magic is played by Sean Astin. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> which lovely. Which is incredible. I love that. Um BBC has adapted a ton of Discworld. Uh, Bill Nye, not the science guy, but David Jones and Love Actually. <laughs> Is it Nye or Nye? I've always said Nye, but I, no, I think it's Nye. 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 Um, he plays think, Death, or he voices Death in the audiobooks. Oh, that's perfect. And um, Christopher Lee plays Death in BBC TV adaptations, Damn, that's which perfect is also too. incredible. And so uh, you you follow these two around Discworld. They get into all shenanigans but most of the wizard plotline is from unseen university which is the main school of magic in the main city ankhmore pork so uh, all of the people in this university uh it, it follows like the higher up wizards who are just absolutely incompetent they can't they're, they're like the worst ever um but you just follow their their stories and also a big character in the wizard plotline is uh the librarian which is the orangutan um who just cares about bananas and books and so <laughs> big old prime apes in the library quick question dan so but before i lose this because i i feel like i'll i'll lose it um this was I, I wanted to ask about it earlier and you just brought up something about it are these um books or is his estate still working on uh adaptations and are they still working with like uh like like uh publishing companies and and stuff like that to get his works still distributed and stuff like that good question i didn't look into that i don't know if they're still being adapted i'm sure the rights are you know probably with his his daughter um from what i know there's no adaptations right now actually that's a lie because uh discworld just got um revamped for audiobook like they redid all of the audiobooks which is where oh wow bill bill nye or nye comes in as death like that happened really recently i'm pretty sure um uh andy circus plays a a character as well um but those seem really cool and they like recently are getting done they might not even be done with all 41 of them sorry to continue to interrupt i think i might try to listen to them on audiobook because I, I do have an, a problem with without there being chapters something <laughs> yeah. in my brain it's hard like to stop. doesn't it's hard to stop and it's then i also don't know where to pick well. back up yeah, right exactly. exactly 
Exactly. So I think yeah. an audiobook might be the perfect medium for that because it'll just be like, oh, I'm out of the car. I got to turn it off now. Yeah, um, definitely. Okay, cool. Okay, continue. Sorry. <laughs> so this one, um, I want to like throw at Parker because I feel like you would really like this subseries. I've not read any books from this one yet. Um, I think there are six in this in this series, but the Witches series follows Granny Weatherwax, who is the guardian of a small countryside town in Discworld. My God, that sounds so good. That sounds and so up my alley. This is the most like fairy tale of all of them. Like it's classic fairy tale monsters and Granny Weatherwax protects the town from them. Um, so it just sounds really, really cool. Uh, that that series starts with a book called Equal Rights. Um, rights, R-I-T-E-S. Uh, I'm, I'm putting, I'm marking this on my TBR like right now. <laughs> so Equal Rights um, is a conversation between like gender equality as well, which is uh, just really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and one passage in the book, he starts explaining like a female warrior and he goes into uh like a like a rant about how male authors always like personify female warriors as like really like skimpy clothing and like right. tiny tiny leather armor and he was like I'm not going to do that because that's gross and weird and so that's like kind of a a shout out to his prose too like he's just very funny with yeah. writing um industrial revolution which all of the books in this are like technological advances in Discworld. So uh, Going Postal is the name of one of these books. It's about a con man, and this is his th- This is his name, uh, Moist Von Lipwig. Is I love that. a con man in the city, and uh, he gets caught, and his charge is to fix the post office in the city. <laughs> and so it makes me think of, like, Klaus. Yeah. It, like, it sounds very similar to Klaus to me, if you guys have seen that. Um, so all of those deal with like, uh, technology. One of them is called moving pictures and all the Easter eggs are like Hollywood film films and movies and things like that. Are they connected by characters or just general, like, uh, so uh, that, that one is the idea. So the other four are connected by a set of characters. This one is like a bunch of standalone books that people group together into, (laughs) The Industrial Revolution. Yeah, of that's Discworld. fantastic. And then I saved uh, these last two because these are widely known as the most popular ones and like the peak of his writing. Um, and like the, the best characters, the best story. Uh, Death, which is the one that I've read the most of. I only have one left in the series. Um, Death is a character, like I said, he's... Uh, carries the souls of people that have passed on in the next life. But in doing this, he's become really infatuated with humans and he wants to like understand humans and like he genuinely loves humans. And so a lot of his stuff is like um, having conversation with humans and like trying to understand like how they perceive him as death. And it's just a lot of really cool writing. And also his stories are just the best. You guys have read Mort. Um, so you know all about him. Reaper Man, the second story, Death wants to feel like a human, so he uh, becomes mortal for a time and works <laughs> on a farm. Isn't that one your favorite one, Reaper Man? Which one's your favorite? That's yes, that's Reaper Man's my favorite 
Discworld novel I've read so far. I have a running list on my phone. Every time I read one, I like put it What's somewhere on the list and nothing has topped Reaper. Yeah, with all my rankings. Um, so Reaper Man's my favorite so far. Uh, Soul Music is the third book in Death. It is about a guy who uh, finds a guitar that makes everyone addicted to classic rock. And <laughs> this sounds like uh, Trolls World Tour ripped off uh, <laughs> right. yeah. that book. Exactly. And so then genius. I just read this one over Christmas break. It's the fourth uh, fourth book in the Death series called The Hogfather. So Hogfather um, is Santa Claus in Discworld. Uh, assassins are hired to kill the Hogfather. Uh, they succeed. Oh. Death picks up the mantle of Hogfather. And he, uh, if you've ever seen Tim Allen Santa Claus, you know this story because it's the same thing. <laughs> but it's death. But it's death. And so death is also like, he's a pile of bones. Like he is just a skeleton. And so he's wearing like, a Santa Claus costume going into people's houses with presents and terrifying children. <laughs> <laughs> so very, very good. Um, so death is all just him like interacting with humans and trying to understand them. Two things, two main characters in the death stories. Uh, there's the death of rats, which is death personified as a rodent. And he carries the souls of rodents on when they pass away. Just and rodents. he's called the grim squeaker. Of yeah, course. yeah. Just the Grim Squeaker. He's called the Grim Squeaker. Uh, he only squeaks. He's like two inches tall, and he has the same scythe and like cloak as Death does. <laughs> and then uh, Quoth the Raven, which is a play on the Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Um, so Quoth is a talking Raven that refuses to say Nevermore. All of the characters come up to him and they ask him to say Nevermore, and he says, "No, I'm not going to do it." Um, so that's Quoth. <laughs> Oh, God, that's good writing. I, I want to see some fan art of the Grim Squeaker. I'm going to look this oh, up like, yeah, after yeah. the episode. Yeah, for sure. And then I saved this one for last because this is known as his best series, best characters, best plot. All in all, like everyone favors uh, the City Watch more than anything. So the main uh, point of view here is Samuel Vimes. He is the commander of the City Watch. Um, he's washed up he's older he's like a raging alcoholic he is really really bad at his job but through the set of these eight books um he develops as a character into like a really loving and really respected member of the city and grows like an actual like competent team of uh like watchmen to protect the city and everyone says it's like fantastic found family it's great character development um most people say sam vimes is their favorite character in Discworld, um and i've read the first one and it's incredible and i can't wait to read more of these um but yeah that's the that's the five subseries of Discworld for, for wow. you guys that's um, incredible so yeah, and if nothing else i want to go ahead brett what is your uh you may have said it already. What's your total count right now? And do you anticipate reading all of them? Or do you have eventually, you like yeah. eventually throughout so, your life? Yeah. Um, I want to focus on the series. So right now I've read nine total Discworld books, which is crazy because I feel like that's a lot. It's not even a quarter <laughs> of the Discworld books. Yeah. Um, I've read 
four out of the five um, death series. There's a couple standalones like Small Gods. I've read that one. And then I've read um, the first two and Wizards and Guards Guards, which is the first Nightwatch book, which is so funny. It's so good. Um, so nine total. Yeah. Wow. That's that's good. That's a, that you're you're making your way through it though. Yeah, yeah, making my way through it. And also, you're doing a very cool thing, which is getting the new like collectors edition oh, or whatever yeah. the, the the set that you have. Oh, those yeah. are the most it's, beautiful looking. It's the best book covers I've ever seen. Book covers ever. Yeah, I only have to get. Let me count. I only have to get thirty one more. So <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, easy. Oh, <laughs> not yeah. expensive at all. Um, also, they're not sold in America, so I have to pay for shipping <laughs> and pay in pounds. And are they Waterstone? <laughs> uh, they they are in Waterstone, so I'm going to pick a bunch of these bad boys up when I when I go there soon. I mean, you've already been there because we're already oh, in right. February. You've already bought right a couple. Now. Yeah, are you, gonna, right you could. Are you going to ship? Um, are you just going to ship like 31 of them back from from the UK? <laughs> no, I will limit myself to probably just a few, but. Um, it's going to be hard to do that. I'll <laughs> probably don't... buy at least like four or five. So I own three of the guard set. I might buy the rest of that because that's like a good. Yeah, you, yeah, that's yeah. a good. That's a good call. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, just don't bring back like a couple pairs of pants and then you're golden. Easy. Yeah. Easy. What's more important? You know? Yeah. Do our listeners know that you're going to the UK? You're yeah, going. I think I've said it. Yeah. yeah, I think so. All right. I think so. Yeah. He did a short story. So. I did a short story on it. The last thing I want to end us on is just some like uh, uh, honorable mentions of plot lines in Discworld to kind of give you guys an idea of what the books are like. So I had Hogfather as one. I already said that, so I'm not going to say that again. I just mentioned Small Gods. So in Small Gods, uh, there's a mighty, powerful uh, being, and he finds himself on Discworld, but he's a turtle. He got turned into a turtle with no powers. And to get powers back, you have to he has to have believers. But the only person that believes in him is um, a man named Brotha, who has picture perfect memory, but is the dumbest person on the planet. Um, oh my god! So Small gods, really, really good. Uh, you have Feet of Clay, which is a book in the City Watch series. Um, in the city, there <laughs> there's a set of twelve clay golems. And uh, they're, they're sentient golems and they want a king golem. They want a leader. And so they create a golem themselves, but their golem goes mad and starts killing people. And so the City Watch has to like figure out what's going on. I will golem. say this too. All of the City Watch books are like, like noir style uh, murder mysteries. Oh, like, that's, that, cool. that's how cool. most of them play out. But in like a fantasy setting. Yeah. And then this one is just so absurd. It's in the Wizard series. It's called Unseen Academicals. Um, the higher-ups of the university a start a football club. Um, <laughs> but football in Discworld is called Foot the Ball, and it's a street game where people like get killed pretty often. And so they start <laughs> like course. a gentleman's football club, and they take away the, some things they do. Uh, the ref and Foot the Ball... Uh, carries a poison dagger and they take that away from them and give them a whistle instead. And then they make a rule where you can't use your hands because people are like choking and stabbing each other. <laughs> so they just create. Oh my God, God. That sounds, that's so genius. So they just make football. 
Um, but those are like some of the plot lines. So like all very, very absurd, but like relatable, like you're going to get the references and just, just, it's just fun and fantastic. So wow. there's Discworld. Man, wow. that I'm, I'm excited. I, this is, this has made me very eager to, yeah. to start reading. And I, I feel like they've been on my list forever. Um, they're moving but up now. Though. I mean, now more than ever, yeah. I really want to, <laughs> I want to put some Discworld on my, uh list for this year um yeah they're they're great highly recommended um if you can get over not having chapters in your books which some people can so. well, uh, audiobook it. audiobook might be the answer yeah for me. yeah Just, audiobook them especially if it has the production value with all those actors yeah that that that's insane that's for so sure. cool um well do we want to bookmark it there Yes, let's bookmark it. I've been talking way too much. Well, you did. You did so good, though. That I mean, honestly, that was a very good educational episode. Yeah, uh, thank and you. I hope I hope our listeners enjoyed that as much as I did because I loved it. And now, um, everybody, so thank you, Dan. Everybody will understand all of your Discworld references. No, well, they're they're gonna uh, understand it, and they're gonna, I'm gonna love stop it. reading them now. Oh, Dan's done. <laughs> oh boy. Um, well, thank you, Dan. Uh, will be the first. Thank you, uh, thank you for for preparing this episode. Thank, um, thanks, and buddy. then thank you, thanks, obviously, pal. to our our listeners. <laughs> thanks, pal. Um, thank you to our listeners for for tuning in uh, to our ninety seventh episode. Wow. Um, uh, good on you guys for <laughs> sticking along. <laughs> uh, we love you so much. We do. We like so 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 much. Yeah. Um, we're, we're excited to be reading Lost Stars with y'all this month. Um, that's that's Star Wars Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. Um, and thank you to Jacob Robinson for the intro and outro of our podcast and to Maddie Moon for the incredible cover art. Thank you both. And remember, the real the the, the real worlds were the ones that were held up by four elephants and a turtle along the way. <laughs> Did I do a good goof one? That was a good that goof. That was a good one. goof. The real friends, the real, no, I messed up the actual, the real books are the friends we made along the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>